The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, everybody? This episode of the Schmozone Podcast is brought to you by Fusion CBD Products. I love drinking their Fusion CBD sports water, sipping on this for all of our podcasts. It's great in the post-workout recovery. And we typically come in to do their podcast after our workouts. And I also love their Hydro Drops. Put that into the morning coffee. And I love their different types of rubs for different aches, sore muscles. You got to check them out. Use the promo code SCHMO to get 20% off. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, humans. Welcome back to the Schmozone podcast. This is episode number 63. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Yee with Helen Yee Sports. And today's guest is the one and only Max Crosby, the defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on, man. You were on our first Schmozone podcast in Miami, you and Dana White, to kick off this podcast, and we're glad to have you in studio. Absolutely. You know, when you gave me the call, I knew I had to come out. Appreciate that. It's been a couple of random locations, too, where we've interviewed you. Uh, your house for one of them, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we've been all over the place, but we always we always get it done, for sure. Of course. And we last saw you at the fights, the UFC fights. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, the fight night, yeah. So how does that work? How do you get the invite to come into the Apex? Is it your manager? How, do you, how does that all work out? Um, it kind of depends. You know, there's some people I know in the UFC um, that are very generous and good people, and uh, there's also, so for this last one, it was kind of different. Um, I wasn't planning on going. Uh, my girlfriend, her parents are in town, and we're just going to go to dinner. It's going to be a good time. And then uh, Cub Swanson, he's a big Raiders fan, and he follows me and always comments on my stuff and whatever. And he hit me up, like, the day before, and he's like, hey, come to the fights. I'm fighting tomorrow night. I'm the co-main. And um, he's like, if you want to come, I got tickets for you, whatever. And uh, he got it all set up. So I was like, do you guys want to go to dinner? Do you want to go see the fights? And they're like, what? We're going to the fights. So, yeah, that's how we end up going, and it was a great time. What did you think of that Apex atmosphere? No fans? Pretty quiet in there, huh? Yeah, it was a little bit different, but it was cool. I think it was, uh, it was a good experience, just being so up close and everything's like you really see everything and hear everything. So it was cool. Now, I know when you interviewed uh, Max as a schmo, you kind of spoke to him about being, you know, a fight fan and stuff. But for the audience that may not know, how long have you been following fights? I've been watching the UFC since I was in elementary school almost, like super young. Uh, my dad was a huge fan, and then my older brother, he got really into it, and, you know, it just kind of trickles down. So I've been watching UFC and boxing since I was, I was a little kid. People aren't going to realize how big of a guy you are. You got your trucker hat yeah, covering. Like, we want to see uh, yeah. the beautiful fans want to see your face too, man. Maybe you put the hat backwards too. Yeah, Maybe you can show them. To. Might have to do that. But uh, yeah. you're a huge MMA fan, but mm -hmm. also I'm a huge NFL fan, just like I'm a big fight fan too. 
What was it like, though, going from Oakland to, to Las Vegas, and what do you make of Las Vegas as a city? Yeah, you know, they're polar opposites. You know, I really didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I lived in Michigan. I lived in Dallas. I was there for a long periods of times, and going to California, it was like my first time really being there. So it's really fast. Everything is, everyone's on the go. Everything's packed in, and um, it was a little bit stressful, but I, I loved it. Like, the fans and the environment was incredible, and then, you know, coming to Vegas, everybody, you know, you hear Vegas, everyone's like, oh, it's insane, and you got to go, you got to go. So um, I knew the first, my priority, I knew we were moving to Vegas. Um, I was like, okay, I need to get a house right off the bat, get that out the way so that I'm not stressing during the season trying to figure things out. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's been an awesome transition. And uh, me and my girlfriend and my dogs, like, we love it. What about the new practice facility? Yeah, it's beautiful. Um it's humongous you know everything you need is in there like after the season I end up finding out my shoulder was torn my hand was all messed up so um I was like okay what what's the easiest thing for me as far as getting the rehab I need getting all the work I need in and there's obviously state-of-the-art you know cold tub hot tub hydro works bunch of stuff so my whole entire offseason I've been there for the last four months just training and getting healthy and uh, it's been awesome it's almost been a month since the NFL draft. You guys went heavy on defensive uh, positions right there. What would you make of the draft? The first-round pick, though, much needed. That guy, the kid from Alabama as a tackle. Protect yeah. your quarterback, Derek Carr. Absolutely. You know, that was a that was a hole we needed to fill. So, um, you know, they felt really, you know, confident about him, and they took him. So we were super excited about that. And then the TCU kid in the second round, he's a great safety and a Texas boy. So, I'm, you know, I was happy with it. Um, and I think we did a great job. You know, we have a glaring weakness on our team. Our defense struggled last year, and, you know, we need to bring in some new pieces, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. What are your expectations for this upcoming season? Um, personally or just, like, as a team? Both. Um, you know, this season is is huge, you know, in many ways. I think being in Vegas and finally getting the full Vegas experience, having fans in the building, you know, last year, like, we're in Vegas. Well, it's going to be amazing. Then, boom, we hit a pandemic, and the whole the whole season it was empty. Um, so it was a little bit different, um, especially playing football. Like you feed out the fans, you want to play in front of the fans. Um, so it was a little bit different and a a weird transition. But you know, this year I'm really looking forward to it. You know, we need to make the playoffs. Um, that's the number one thing. So I, that's that's my focus every day is being the best I can be so I can help my team. You know, achieve our goals. I'm beyond excited for football season. Having fans back, it's opening up. We would have covered it. We would have covered Raiders football. I want to let you know that because we've been texting. We would have been there. Yeah, for sure. We were at Fight Island four different times in Abu Dhabi. (laughs) And uh, the Bears are coming October 10th. Yeah. Uh Oh, Oh, you're a Bears fan, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) What did you make of that? Justin Fields to the Bears. The best. I've never shouted that much in a first-round draft pick since Brian Urlacher. Oh, it scared me. (laughs) He was so excited. No, people are excited. I think um, Fields has a ton of talent. You know, my dad, it's funny because my dad grew up an Ohio State fan. So before I went to Eastern Michigan, I was was a Buckeye fan, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, So I I keep an eye on them, and I watched Justin Fields his whole career. You know, he's got a ton of talent. So I know people in Chicago. They're excited. And I was going to say, speaking of fans, though, didn't someone tell us in Houston, was it our Uber driver that was talking about how expensive the tickets are? Oh, yeah. Uh, the the, the tickets, the... I think, for Raiders tickets right now might yeah. be the most expensive <laughs> in the NFL. Unbelievable. And it's it, it's crazy because I have 
ever since the schedule dropped, everybody's like, Max, blah, 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 I'm coming to the game. Like, do you have any tickets? Do you have any tickets? And my girlfriend, she hits me. She goes, this is the cheapest ticket you can get. It was like $900, and like now it's even higher. Like, It's unreal. Dude, how annoying is that? Like, it's You're crazy. literally preparing for a game, and you probably <laughs> yeah. get people the day before or the two days before, hey, can I get a ticket? Even if you're out of town, I'm sure that happens to you too. Oh, yeah. All the all the time, you know. I'm kind of used to it now. Like it's my third year, so I'm I'm kind of used to it at this point. But we play a game in Dallas. The stadium where I played and grew up is ten minutes away from my house. So all my buddies, so many people hit me up, um, and it's been a little, you know, a little annoying at times. But it just it's a part of it. Like I get it. People want to see me play and things like that. But in reality, I get two home tickets and I get none on the road. So. You know, it's all out of pocket if I really, you know, want somebody to be there. This off season, um, I, I, Helen and I, I'm getting her to watch football a lot more. But yeah. you know, in college, anyone could be different numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And they have like uh, safeties wearing like single digit numbers, like Eddie Jackson, for example, like the Bears safety. He wore yeah. number four at Alabama. He's going to go back to wearing number four and not being in the 30s and stuff like that. Is it going to be confusing for people lining up and stuff like that, knowing what positions which with all the number changes? Yeah, you know, for me personally, I don't, I don't. It's really not that big of a deal. Like, well, you're a defensive line. Yeah, like I know you look at a line and you know it's a line. That's not an issue. But like, I think it is going to be a little bit weird. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of receivers and different positions. Like, there's tight ends who are going to wear single digit, which is very odd. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Just a part of it. Speaking of tight ends, uh, Tim Tebow, man, yeah. he's going back to yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, and we saw him in Jacksonville at we the fights. We saw him at the fights in Jacksonville. He still looks like he's in perfect shape. 100%. But it's, it's interesting, though, because he never played tight end. He never played tight end in college. <laughs> he never played tight end even in the pros. He's like 33, 34 years old. He just yeah. got out of a baseball career. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, right? Because I know it's Urban Meyer who coached him in, in college, but like nothing's guaranteed. He's got to make the roster. He's got to go through training camp. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And that's the thing. Like I've seen, I've seen so many people online, like other players in the league right now, like hating on him a ton and giving him flack. I'm like, well, how are you going to hate on the guy? He did nothing wrong. It's he wants to, you know, continue to play. If, you know, it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So, you know, Urban Meyer obviously knows him, so it's that end that he has, and we'll see how it is. I feel like Urban Meyer's a great coach, um, and he has, you know, he has obviously a plan of how they're going to use him. Did it surprise you, though, when you heard that news? A hundred percent. I was yeah. so confused. I'm like, what? Like, I, th I just saw that he retired a couple weeks before that from baseball. I'm like, oh, he's probably going to go into announcing and do his thing, but... I seen he sign. I'm like, I was just thrown off for sure. We'll get back to football because at this point in time, the majority of our our audience are big MMA fans, like like all of us in this room right now. Big MMA fans. Yep. UFC 262, Houston. I mean, we were talking about it as you're walking in, man. We thought Michael Chandler had Charles Oliveira in that first round. Yeah, um, it was shocking. You know, I, I like Michael Chandler a lot. Um, I think he's super exciting, and I think it's big for the UFC, like having a new guy come out. And the way he, you know, put away Hooker in the first round, I was like, damn, like he's legit. Um, and he almost did the same thing to Charles. And you see Charles Oliveira, like their career trajectories are completely opposite. Like I've watched Charles Oliveira when I was in middle school. He's now fought his way 10, 11 years to get to a title. So, 
um you can't like i couldn't be mad like when he won i'm like that's insane like you could just see his excitement he jumped out of the cage he's running around like it gave me goosebumps like it that's like the pinnacle of your career is it's like a football you win a super bowl like that's something you can't explain and uh seeing that was it was, it was crazy and what about the co-main event benil dariush and his win over tony uh, it was frustrating because i do like tony um tony's a legend and excuse me um tony's a legend and my buddy one of my best friends is the biggest diehard tony fan so you've seen him take two tough losses in a row you're like okay come on tony like he's let's bounce back and like seeing his interviews all week he seemed energized you're like okay he's gonna come back like i'm expecting tony ferguson and seeing him like you know just get he just got dominated and it's it sucks like he didn't get beat up like the other two fights which were hard to watch but you know for him it's he's getting older and just seeing like it kind of an end of an era um for him and it's yeah it's tough it's twice too he refuses to tap the charles Oliveira when he had him in the armbar he thought he broke oh his arm gosh. and then with that heel hook he thought it maybe tore out an acl and mcl not tapping the guy is so he's tough, tough. He's and tough as nails. by far when we're in houston we're right there the loudest reception from the fans. Yeah. Oh, not even close. You could see it on TV. Everyone was going nuts, and you know you want to see a guy like that who's had such a great career. You want to see him reach that pinnacle, just like Charles Oliveira. So like, this was kind of you know it's his third fight. You can't lose three in a row at that age. It's just you know, it, historically it's not you know the right way. Like it's he's on his way out, and it's it sucks to see. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for sure. And then Benil, his call out after. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk yeah. for the Tesla thing. <laughs> the most random thing. Very you have random. the mic. Hey, Joe, I got to call your friend. You don't know who it is, is That's it? What I Even Joe was like, like, who? Okay. He's going to call out some other fighter. But Elon Musk. So random. But yeah, it was very odd. But he got him to respond, and I guess he's going to get his car back. That's yeah. what counts, right? Yeah, well, at least it worked. <laughs> at least yeah, it worked. Can't, can't knock him. If the schmo interviewed John Gruden, how do you think Gruden, <laughs> Coach Gruden, Chucky would respond to that? I think you guys would be a dynamic duo, 100%. You I guys have so. both great energy, I think. I'm being 100% honest. It would be hilarious to see that interview. I think that that's, that's the goal. That's the goal for this upcoming season. 100% yeah. it needs to happen. I, I got to do that. I got I, I got to think of how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Maybe throw a uh, you know Gatorade bath over his shoulder to surprise <laughs> him, and then come in there with and the just microphone. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the way to go. Well, on the note of the schmo, what was your initial reaction when he did his schmo stick to you? At first, like you know, Radio Row in Miami, so I'm going around doing a bunch of interviews, football, 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 and at that time, I wasn't aware of who you were, and I'm like. My, uh, one of my assistants I work with, um, she she goes, uh, just so you know, his interview is a little bit different than most. I'm like, what? And then I just sit down, and here we go. And, uh, yeah, it threw me off. I was I was like, what's going on? And then we started talking, and obviously it went well. And, um, yeah, we're here today. So it's it's funny how things work. Yeah, you know, the momentum's only going up from here. We're building that relationship. Absolutely. But it's crazy, too, because a lot of the MMA fans don't know my background with this character. It started interviewing football players. Like, I consider my first break interviewing T.O., the Hall of Famer, one of the greats to ever play the game, lace it up. And T.O. had such a good energy about him. And I'm like, when I knew the shtick would stick with T.O., T.O. and the schmo, that the rest would be history. And it kind of 
built upon that. So I was really, really fortunate. I love football. I like I've literally been a religious Bears fan since I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. And it's been hard to chair for them. Yeah, don't watch And I games was really, <laughs> really pissed because I actually ran into Mitch Trubisky at Sanford MMA. Okay. Uh, a few, actually, we interviewed Michael Chandler that day. About a month ago. Yeah. Okay. And we sat there and talked for about 15 minutes. And he's such a good dude. And yeah. I hate the way the Bears treated the guy throughout yeah. and how they handled it. And they still don't even treat their star wide receiver, Allen Robinson, with the respect he deserves. Yeah, it's it's a tough business. You know, you see, like, there's a lot of guys that, like, you look at it from what I've noticed from going from college to the NFL. There's, and in college, everybody's making the same stipend check. There's no politics behind anything. But as, you know, there's organizations, you pay certain guys and you want them to produce and you got to, you know, talk positively about them because you're like, okay, I invested in them. This looks, you know, it looks good or bad on them. So, yeah, it's a it's a really tough business. Um and yeah, I've learned a lot definitely over the last couple of years. And what about on social media? Do any of the fans <laughs> like ever say, you know, like great things that surprise you or negative things that just annoy the crap out of you? Uh yeah, yeah. Um Raider Nation is very passionate oh, yeah. uh, as you as most people know. Uh so if things are going well and I play good, I'm I'm the best player in the world. If things whatever, I don't get a sack and you know we lose, it's like yeah, it's hard to I, you don't want to see you don't want to look at Twitter like it's so like block negative. and mute everybody. Yeah, for me like I don't block I don't block many or yeah. mute anybody, but once in a while if like dude keeps hitting me, I'm just like okay, he needs he needs to get blocked. But, and the, the fans, a lot of them don't realize, too, the injuries that you have to play through, too. Like, you're yeah. only as good as, the, you know, the next play, being healthy. You know, the best thing is your availability. And, like, you had to play with so many injuries. You just said you had off-season surgery and stuff like that. I know you had to go to California for that. Like, people don't realize you have to play hurt. Yeah, yeah. You're not 100% each week. <laughs> you're never 100%. That's it's My coach, Coach Marinelli, he's like, the, first, the only day you're going to be – or no, it might have been my rookie year, actually. But my coach, uh, Buckner, he was like, the only day you're going to be healthy and feeling fresh is the first day. <laughs> Ever since, you know, once you start, it's just you feel worse and worse and worse. But you just got to know how to take care of yourself, um, utilize your time and all the resources, you know, they give us. Coach Marinelli, Rob Marinelli? Oh, yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend. He coached for the Bears. Bears. Yeah. I mean, he coached Peppers and Erlacher and all that. He spits a lot when he talks, right? Like <laughs> oh, the schmo. Him and oh, we have that in common. He's passionate, for sure. He's I, a passionate I love guy. the dude to death, though. He's he's a legend. Truly is. And he coached the Cowboys. He's coached a lot of teams. Oh, he's yeah. been there for a lot of teams. He's been in the NFL for like 40 years, I believe. No, it's it's that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, your favorite fighter all time. We've talked about mm-hmm. it before. Anderson yeah. Silva. Mm-hmm. He's got a media day coming up. We may or may not be going to California to interview him again. So, uh anything you want us to, to say pass along a message um for me I think seeing being such a big fan of him in his prime I want to see him you know <laughs> just kind of take the gas off the brakes a little bit he's like 40 you know mid 40s things like that and he's had such a great career and a legacy um you know it's kind of like we we're talking about Tony Ferguson obviously not as extreme but you kind of want to see the guy take a you know just relax a little bit like you made he did everything he needed to do defended his title countless amount of time so yeah that's that's what I want to see just I don't want to see him get knocked out again but he has a boxing match coming up uh yeah I, I, I've so, heard so yeah what do you think about that like sometimes 
fighters transitioning or going into boxing. Ocho Cinco's got a boxing yeah, match too. too. Yeah, I heard. I heard he's <laughs> fighting on like the Logan Paul fight. Logan Paul yeah. Mayweather, yeah, Mayweather. Yeah. June six <laughs> undercard. Yeah, that's nowadays like that's like the wave right now. Everybody wants celebrity boxing matches and it, I, I honestly seeing athletes do it I'm like I kind of cringe because you saw what happened to Nate Robinson I think everyone oh thought gosh. Nate Robinson was going to be you know, like oh he's a pro athlete he's a freak athlete he got flatlined so I don't want to see Ocho Cinco get flatlined that's my guy I, I just like watched Ocho. all the Gronk brothers you see this video of the Gronk brothers yes. boxing uh, Logan Paul <laughs> yeah did he even make and, and they're bigger than Logan they're yeah. all bigger than Logan yeah I, I think a lot of people don't understand what comes with really throwing hands with somebody who knows what they're doing like a lot of people hate on jake paul and logan paul but the average person would not want to really fight him like he's been training for years now well, three years or whatever but if you really don't know what you're doing i don't think people know what they're getting into and we've seen him train we we know the perception yeah. in the mma world what's the perception in the nfl locker room of these paul brothers um i know the mma world absolutely can't stand up yeah. uh, i know that um, and I 100% I understand. That's like some guy coming off the streets be like, I could be an NFL quarterback. He'll be like, stop. But, yeah, you know, for him it's it's more of like a internet thing uh, and moving that, you know, it's a different type of wave. It's YouTube fighting, fighting celebrities. It's different. And, you know, from the NFL perspective, there's guys that hate on him. There's guys that are like, you know, I feel like – people really don't want to say they like him but they kind of low-key like okay they're gonna buy the fight you know what I mean so I know I watch it like it's entertaining it's a little bit different but it's fun you know it's fun to watch I tell this to Helen all the time like regardless of all the antics and all the bullshit yeah. I respect them for being entrepreneurs and being a disruption yeah. in the space the yeah. same way I brought the character in to be a disruption in the traditional media and the locker room that you get the same type of generic question I respect what they're doing because it, it shows a blueprint that that exists and hey it gives a lot people a lot of hope especially in the situation we're in 2021 100% and that's that's the way I look at it like everybody like I talk to like my dad he's like that's so fake that's the, <laughs> the Ben Askren knockout was fake and like my cousins are like trying to convince me like look at the video it's 100% fake and blah 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 I'm like you guys are just every time he does something good they just dog him and dog him. I'm like you have to understand He's not that, probably not that human in the real life or with his family or his friends. It's 100% to get views and get money and do that. So I, like you said, I 100% like can't hate on him for that. And how is it any different than any of the websites, articles, like taking clickbait and, and like taking a quote of yours and miswording yeah. it and stuff like that to get people to click on it? How is that any better or worse? Like they're doing the same thing. It's hypocritical. It's all the same. It's all the same at the end of the day. Like that happened to me too. Like I, last off season, I was being super respectful. They're like, you know, you're going playing the Chiefs. Are you, you know, are you gonna sack Mahomes this year? I'm like, what am I gonna say? No. So I said like, yeah, like yeah, I'm gonna get him. Like whatever. And then all of a sudden, I look at my phone a couple hours later, and a bunch of articles. Max Crosby says he's coming after Patrick Mahomes and all this. I'm like, honestly, I really didn't care that much. I thought it was funny, but like, I knew I had to sack him that year, and I'm, I'm glad I did. But. It's just that's the media in general. It's crazy. I know, and you got to face that guy twice in a year too. Yeah, yeah, he's a stud for sure. Like, what does he have to do to surpass? I mean, there's a lot. Is it is it just going to be rings? But what does he have to do to surpass a Tom Brady to be the greatest quarterback of all time? Yeah, you know, when you look at legacies of quarterbacks, obviously, the stats are almost 
second tier to championships. At the end of the day, you look at who's got the most rings. Tom Brady's got seven. He's got more than any NFL franchise, <laughs> which is unbelievable. So there's no debating. It's like Michael Jordan. Who's better, him or LeBron? Well, Jordan's got six. He was 6-0 in the finals. LeBron, you know, LeBron's got four, but he's also lost six times in the finals. So when it really comes down to, like, legacy, I feel like having a championship or a Super Bowl, whatever sport you're in, is is huge. And he's already got one of those. Yeah, he's got one. So it's he's got a long journey, but we'll see. How much longer do you think Tom Brady will be playing for? That's a great question. Honestly, I have no idea. I thought a couple years ago, I'm like, oh, he's, he's he'll probably be done. Like, after this season, now he's wins another Super Bowl. He looks great. Like, I don't know. For him, he could play till he's 50, honestly. He was just – he played you guys last year. He was here oh, yeah. in Vegas. Like, yeah. I mean, what what's it like? You know, he warms up on the field and stuff like that. Like, can you see in his routine and his passes, like – Look, this guy doesn't look like he's 40-plus years old. He could look like he's in his early 30s, 20s. Like, is there any kind of differences? Are people just, like, staring at him in awe? What's it like <laughs> with being on Tom Brady on the same field? No, 100%. Like, a guy like him – so I was, I, I was on a, another podcast. We were talking about Brady and what was it like, like, meeting him and playing against him. And I'm like – there's something about him that he like he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You could argue he's the greatest football player of all time. But his style of play, like he's not an he's not athletic. So it's like at the end of the day, his mind is what's got him to where he is. He's never been with the, had the strongest arm. He's never been the most accurate quarterback ever. He's just he knows the game in and out. So for him, the reason he's able to play so long is cuz you don't see Tom Brady in sacks much. He gets rid of the ball fast. He knows he's seen every single coverage and defense, you know, known to man. So he's just so ahead of the curve with things like that. And if you're not, if you're hardly getting hit and you just, you know, know the game and get rid of the ball fast, like you don't have to worry about all the damage, you know, from playing the game. Has he ever really played with a poor offensive line? I remember he had the ACL injury. He tore up his knee. It was like 2007. Yeah. Like, you know, he got sacked and everything like that. I don't think the offensive line was as great as it was back then. But the Buccaneers, I think, had a, a great offensive line this past year. Yeah, they have a really good old line. And, you know, what helps, you know, is the way he gets rid of the ball so fast. I think every single year he's always top five and you know, getting rid of the ball in less than, you know, it's like two seconds or something. So it's frustrating as a D-line. Like, it makes your old line look better. And, you know, if people are open, he knows what's where to throw it all the time. All right, last quarterback question I got for you. we got to go to A-Rod. Alex, uh, I was going to say Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Uh, dude, there's so much talks about him going to Denver right now. That would be in your division. You'd have to yeah. see him twice again, too. Like, you guys, do you think? Can you imagine yourself in the same division with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes four times total? At uh, least, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, because when it all first happened, everyone was saying the Raiders and the Broncos, and there's other. And I'm like, oh my god! Like this last offseason was the same thing. They were like, where's Brady gonna go? And they said the Raiders, and and now you like everyone's here in Broncos, but it's just like. I don't know. I don't really believe anything I read anymore. I just kind of, once it happens, I'm like, okay. Because you can't really assume anything. Nowadays, everything gets skewed, and you really don't know the true, like, the truth to anything. So, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting, but he doesn't, doesn't seem happy right now. What is true, or you can confirm what I think, I think Coach Gruden loves Derek Carr. 
Like, oh, yeah. I remember and Coach Gruden, like, when he would do the, the show on ESPN, the quarterback stuff, yeah. when he was still working for them before he was coaching again, yeah. he loved Derek Carr. I still think he does, too. And statistically, like, the issues, there's a reason why you guys drafted more defensive players than mm-hmm. offensive players in the NFL draft this a month ago. 100%. Right? No, you're not wrong. You know, Derek is... Uh... He's a he. He kind of his his career reminds me of how Matthew Stafford has been. Like yeah. he's gone through a lot of change. He's had a lot of coaches, and he's always been the starter. He's always played at a high level. He's been in three Pro Bowls. He's done a lot of good things. But then you look at it, just like I said, when they look at your legacy and whatever, if you don't win, you know, a championship or you don't, you're not in the playoffs every single year, that you just get all the heat. He's the quarterback. He's the leader. But at the end of the day, we had a top 10 offense. We were in every game we played because of them. And we had a lot of struggles on defense. You know, we had a, a our defensive coordinator left. There was a ton of young guys. There was a COVID, you know, the whole ordeal that was going on. So we had like a bunch of rookies come in that had never been in a, you know, an NFL environment. And then boom, you show up in training camp and you're playing and playing Patrick Mahomes and trying to, you know, be successful. It's like, it's tough. I can't even imagine too. It was, it was the worst fantasy football season I've had since I've played since <laughs> yeah. I was a kid. I was I was yeah. miserable yeah, with that. that. But like you didn't have any training camp games. You like you didn't have it or preseason games. Sorry, you didn't, there's no preseason games, so you can really tell. Like how do you know who's going to play special teams? Right? You know who's really mm-hmm. fighting for those positions. You guys had to cycle for so much stuff and all the COVID situation. It's a crazy year of football. It, it really was, and I I don't like to make excuses. It's just. It's the reality. It was a very different year, and we do have a lot of young, moving pieces. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it gives us a lot of a lot of things to look forward to because I think you know we have a lot of guys who have a ton of potential and we have talent. Uh, we just need to put it together, and you know, obviously, hiring Coach Bradley as our DC is huge. Um, and I think it's you know for us, it's just buying into what they what they're teaching us and and just being the best players we can be. Gus Bradley wasn't he the defensive coordinator when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl too? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was a coach for Lob and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor, and you know he coached the Jags when they had the best defense in the league with Ramsey and all those guys. So, yeah, he's he's legit. You know, I think the last uh, NFL pers- athlete I interviewed was Cliff Averill on the Legion of Boom too. So uh, that that is a fun coincidence we just put there. Yeah, no, I, like I met that. uh I met Cliff in Miami that the same day, the first day I met Cliff. Was when I did the day, uh, the day we did our interview there. That's that's, that's so crazy. great, man. I I love it. Um, what's what's so great too about the situation that we're in and being in this city? I think this is the fastest uh, growing sports city in the world. I love it. We may even have a baseball team here sooner than later. I believe it. I, that's yeah. really really exciting. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But I think what's getting in the way of that is because they have the AAA team. Uh, right over there in uh, Summerlin. The yeah. Las Vegas ballpark? Yeah, the Las Vegas ballpark, the Aviators, and I think there's okay. some weird... Shout out to my younger brother. He's like a this little baseball guru guy. He told me there's yeah. like some sort of like ordinance where you can't have a triple A team and X amount of miles of a of a pro team. So someone's got to yeah. move. Some sort of weird rule. But this is the place to be, man. And I and I, I freaking love it. I love that we're here. And I think the MMA is also the fastest growing sport. And what I love is just how all these worlds can blend because there's such mutual respect. Exactly. And and obviously the greatest. Uh, MMA fighter of all time, arguably John Jones. You know his brother Chandler Jones and yeah. and Arthur Jones, NFL stars. Yeah, no, at least Chris is an NFL star. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, 
I 100% agree. Being in Vegas, everything is so close, and it makes you really appreciate like what you have because growing up, I just wanted to be at every UFC event, and I wanted to go to these things. And you know, there's different stuff going on. Like now, it's a reality. Like I, if I want to go to the fights, I can go to the fights. Like just be there. It's the coolest, you know, experience. And um, I think, like you said, Vegas is growing so fast, and UFC is getting bigger. Everything is just getting you know bigger and better. So, yeah. We're blessed. And they have a Connor versus Dustin, that trilogy. Oh, yeah. July 10th. Yeah. Oh, I'll be there for sure. It's great because I don't think you, you guys really start the season until the end of July, too. So yeah. it's, you still have a couple weeks 100%. to make it work. Who do you think wins that? <sighs> early <I've>, prediction. <laughs> early prediction, I'm going to say Connor. Okay. I'm going to say Connor. I, lo- I, I love Connor. And. It was hard to watch him get TKO'd. So now it's like when you see a guy who's been so invincible and be dominant, then he like he loses. It's like oh shit! Now he can kind of now you you don't know what to expect. So being a big Connor fan, I'm definitely rooting for Connor. Um, but we'll see. Dustin's tough. He's beaten the best of the best. So I think Connor's got to switch it up. He looked like he was trying to be a boxer and just taking kicks to the leg. Like I think he's gonna make the proper adjustments and. We'll see what happens. Whenever that fight's going to be fighting Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Yeah. Too much money involved. Yeah. I, it's it's going to happen. What do you think about Gaethje? What's going to happen with exactly. them? Well, with Gaethje, yeah. what the, ma- the thing that makes it tough is you, it's hard to book a guy who's coming off of a loss, even though he deserves it, for a title fight. So yeah. Michael Chandler, RDA, everyone's counting out. We were talking about yeah. this Rafael Dos Anjos. So he's, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's been winning. <laughs> he is. He is. But I feel like... The past couple of years, he's kind of like the, what is the word? The gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. He's been kind of the gatekeeper. He's like high level, but you beat him. Okay, boom. Now you're in the real conversation. And I think I think Gaethje and Chandler, that would be a and, crazy and, and, fight. Gosh, and don't even rule out uh, Benny Dariush. Benny yeah, Dariush no. fighting Gaethje. He's ranked Gaethje. number three now. He's three now, yeah. Yeah, that's he, he's a stud. He can knock you out. He can grapple. does a lot of good things. So it's going to be interesting. And I know um, team... AKA Javier Mendez. They like to bring up Islam. Islam Makachev. That could be the future He's of the monster. lightweight division. Yeah. He's a monster. Um, I think, what's the other guy's name who's also a crazy wrestler that I forget? Same uh, division? Same division. Beard, who came in, dominated one, like, he fought like back to back weekend. Oh, Hamzat Chemaev. Him a little heavier, but yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's a beast. What what weight class? Well, he'll fight at one seventy or one eighty five. Oh, okay. So he's a little bit bigger. I was off on that, but he's another guy. I'm like, those so the guys who can grapple and wrestle like that. It's like doesn't matter how good you can strike. You just it's <laughs> if they get a hold of you, it's like could be like you're done. I pitch Hamzat fighting uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Diaz at Jacksonville, <laughs> and then uh, you know some people like it, some people hate it. I understand yeah. either way, uh, but. Uh, yeah, that's tough. It's tough. That's for tough. sure, it's tough. Not your first fight back. Yeah. He needs a little layup. Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Well, not a layup, but just it's an OG. Not a layup, but a, They're both coming off losses type situation. 100%. Yeah. And then um, you spoke to DC, and didn't he tell you about like the wrestling background? Yeah. For a lot of fighters. A lot now, of fighters. Like, wrestling. How important it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's huge. You've seen him with Kevin Holland. He was dominating, dominating. Them. Yeah. yeah, like in you see now guys are like, oh, we can take him down. And then three, or I think it's three fights in a row. Every single guy has done the same thing. Just take him down and hold him. And it's like, dang. He's going up to San Jose at the end of the month and training with DC. And I love it. Probably Habib yeah. will be there. I mean, he'll 
Hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's going to get right. No, and he, he's got a ton of potential. I like watching him fight. For sure. Well, Max Crosby, man, any final thoughts in the Schmo Zone in our in our new studio over here? I love it. I love Inspired the studio. Inspired by the Raiders color. Inspired yeah, by the Raiders. The black and you know, yeah. a little bit more silver, but no, it's a great setup. I appreciate you having me on. Shout out to Dane Gillen. He handcrafted uh, with great woodwork. The Schmo's on logo right there. Got the lights, everything. Yeah, we we put that in there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this is our our little Death Star, Schmo's own podcast. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Episode sixty three, Max Crosby. Awesome. We're out. Yeah.